I got a Mjolnir bottle opener. That's sweet. Can you pick it up? Yeah. I'm worth it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damn it, I can't open these beers. Mm. Oh, shit. I wonder what... Ooh, I should have asked that question. What if you took Mjolnir to the TVA? Uh, I bet it would be just as powerless as anything. Anybody could pick it up at that point. That would be crazy. Yeah, Casey would, holding Mjolnir. But it wouldn't have, like, <laughs> powers or anything, you know? It would just be a, a fucking hammer. It would be a paperweight just like Infinity Stone would. Yeah. I would love it if, if in a future episode you, you're going through the hallways of the TVA and there's the handyman there and banging a nail in with Mjolnir. That's exactly what I was going to say, dude. <laughs> that would be awesome. Welcome to the Time Variance Authority. I'm Miss Minutes, and it's my job to catch you up before you stand trial for your crimes. So, settle in. Now, hang on just a minute. And we'll get you in front of a judge in no time. Who actually believes this crap, sir? I'm going to your ticket. No. Thanks for visiting the TVA. Don't hesitate to let us know how we're doing. What do you want from me? You put our timeline in chaos. I want you to help us fix it. What could possibly go wrong? Trusting Loki is not a good idea. Do I get a weapon? You're up. Oh, don't go Absolutely not. Original series streaming Wednesday, June 9th, only on Disney Plus. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture all right hey welcome to a loki bonus episode on this one we're going to be talking about the first episode of loki that dropped on wednesday uh glorious purpose was the title of this one and uh we got the who's the showrunner here for this one it's uh Michael Waldron of, uh, he comes from uh, a comedy background. He's done mostly Rick and Morty. He worked on Rick and Morty in the past. All the episodes are directed by Kate Heron and, uh, written by Waldron. And Kate Heron, she comes from, um, uh, she's done a lot of female led comedies. Uh, can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I heard an interesting thing about Kate Heron is that there were a lot of other kind of like veteran directors that were wanting to get in here and do this series. And she came in as, and, and talked with, you know, Feige and the people, you know, you know, the heads that be over there at Marvel and, um, kind of wowed them about how passionate she was about Loki. I guess Loki's her favorite character in the MCU. She loves Loki, loves Tom Hiddleston, and she gave them this incredible pitch, and that's what got her the job. So I thought that that was really cool that we've actually got, like, a real fan of the character, uh, you know, set in the universe that's actually directing this entire six-episode series. So I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, that is fucking awesome. I, I've been looking at her IMDb while you're talking, and I mean, she's done a few things, but really nothing, you know, so prominent that you would think, oh, grab her for the Loki series. Uh, so yeah, it's really awesome that her passion pitch is what got her the job, and that they went ahead and gave it to her. Yeah, she did some episodes of Sex Education on Netflix, and I don't think I ever watched any of Sex Education on Netflix. I don't even th- think I showed up to Sex Education in school, Jake. No, I, I don't think we ever had that either. I, I always wondered if that was just on sitcoms. No, we had it. We actually had it. Yeah, and I had oh. to, I had to fucking, I had to fucking be there for it. And then when I, I think when I hit like thirteen or fourteen, my parents threw me like a sex book or some shit, and I was just like, this. I don't see any. The Madonna I one. I don't see any boobies in here. No, not the Madonna book. <laughs> that would have been amazing. They're like, you guys are the best parents in the world. I love you. <laughs> They did not. Um, yeah. After stealing the Tesseract during the events of Avengers Endgame, an alternate version of Loki is brought to the mysterious Time Variance Authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the timeline. They give Loki a choice, face being erased from existence due to being a time variant or help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat. Loki ends up trapped in his own crime thriller, traveling through time and altering human history. We got the first episode. Uh, we found out the first episode. What is the, who's doing the shifting? It's not I. All right. Um, it's, as soon as I yell, it stops. <laughs> um, the, uh, we found out the first episode was like 52 minutes. I hear the next episode's 54 from the people that got the first two screeners. Yeah, I've seen a lot of reaction, uh, a couple of days before the episode aired about the first two episodes, so. Yeah, those are out there already. Uh, Kevin conf- uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that the show is super important to the future in of the MCU. In a new interview with Empire Magazine, he said it's tremendously important. It perhaps will have more impact on the MCU than any of the shows thus far. What everybody thought about WandaVision and was sort of true in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was sort of true, is even more sort of true for Loki. We know we're getting Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and um, we also know that we're going to be getting um, uh, Doctor Strange in Spider-Man No Way Home, and um, that looks like it's going to be pulling in you know villains from different realities with Alfred Molina returning as Doc Ock, and then Jamie Foxx as Electro returning possibly, and I've even, you know, we've heard rumors of uh, Green Goblin coming back for that one, Willem Dafoe. But, um, yeah, it looks like this one could be the one that kind of, like, leads us more into these other, you know, time streams and realities. So, I first thing that I want us to do is go ahead and rate this one. And, because I want to hear everybody's, you know, thoughts about this first episode. We're going to break it down, but I want to hear everybody's rating of this first episode. So, I'll start with Stephanie. I'm going to give it a taste of Okay, and you, would you like to elaborate on why it's... Oh, I said, you said just the rating, so yeah, I'll Actually, let me play the fucking rating system if this is your first time listening, because I'm an idiot. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Why is it getting a taste it from you? Just curious. Um, 
Yeah. So for me, it's, um, it's there's nothing that actually necessarily went wrong or anything that I would dock it for. But where WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier first episodes, you re- we still weren't really sure where the show was going. So there was a kind of like that anticipation to build up to, to see where it was going. At the end of the first episode of Loki, Loki, I and I could be wrong, but I have a more complete picture and don't have nearly as many questions as I did compared to those other two shows. And I know it's a completely different character and a different storyline, but um, they answered a lot of questions. Actually, I think that's kind of a good thing. But then I, there's, no, I'm not necessarily anticipating a whole lot other than maybe who the silhouette is at the end of the first episode. Um, a couple of other questions, but not so many super huge looming questions like I had at the beginning of the first two. And so. If I'm, I have, I feel like I have more information to go on, and it's a taste it now. I'm almost positive it'll change, but just based off that first episode, I'm going to give it a taste it. All right, yeah, okay. Uh, Matt, what'd you think about the first episode? Uh, I thought it was a really good pilot for this show. I mean, it was a lot of exposition, and it was a lot of bringing people up to speed and letting everyone know exactly what's going to be going on in this series, because obviously it's quite a bit of a mindfuck if you if you're not even remotely up to date with the comics or, or what's happened in the past with comic law. Um, but I, I, I think that was a little bit of a downfall for an opener was that it was, it was, there was so much exposition and very little action going on. Um, I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, and I'm pretty sure that sort of by the time we get into episode two or three, it's going to turn into a Tupperware because you're going to have the context of the next couple of episodes to really boost what's happened in the first one. But yeah, it was a, it was a good start. As far as like these pilot episodes that we've seen from the three shows, Matt, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki, where does this rate for you? This is this is not as good as uh, WandaVision, but it's probably better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. All right, yeah, yeah. I was just as far curious. As pilots, yeah. WandaVision yeah. just kind of just drop you straight in, and and I like the fact that I was asking all sorts of questions at the end of. Um, of WandaVision and I, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck was going on and what to expect right Falcon Winter Soldier was a very kind of to start with or from the look of it was a very paint by numbers sort of buddy cop um, show that was going to happen and Loki is, is got questions but not as many as WandaVision had because they've kind of laid out in theory what we think is going to happen however I think a lot of that is the normal Marvel curveball that it's going to completely flip on its head. WandaVision did... I wonder... I don't know if this would affect anybody's rating, but, like, WandaVision did drop two episodes. Now, I understand that those episodes are only around, you know, 20-plus minutes apiece. This one, we got the first episode, and it was, a, a, like, a meteor episode. But I wonder if they would have dropped two if our ratings would have changed. I'm just... You know what I mean? I can't... I can't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just wonder. Maybe, but... I, I, in in one division, we didn't get answers until episode three. St- even start getting clues of what was going on sure. in episode three of one division. So I, yeah. I don't think it was the fact that we got the two. I think it was just quite a lot. I say it was just a lot of exposition for a first episode and I, a lot of catch up yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I'll get into my thoughts here. In a minute. I want to hear what Jake has to say. What do you think, Jake? I, I loved it. It was a giant Tupperware for me. I, I mean, I agree that there was a lot of exposition, but it wasn't like Matrix Part 2 and 3 exposition where I was just punching myself in the face like when they were explaining stuff to me. Like I was <laughs> I was thoroughly entertained the entire time, and I was like a sponge for the information they were giving me to try to, you know, 
figure out what was what and what was going on. Um, furthermore, I thought the music really stood out. Um, it really added a lot to the atmosphere of the show. It was really unlike any music from any Marvel movie or TV show I'd seen up to this point. And I thought Hiddleston's performance really knocked it out of the park. I, I thought he was asked to do a lot of emotional stuff in this episode. And that, to me, that went, I mean, it was exposition, but it went above and beyond like what I would expect from a pilot, like seeing him, you know, physically, emotionally react to what was going to happen beyond what he had experienced was a real gut punch and, and, and got me really emotional. So I, I thought this episode was awesome. And I think the show can get even better, but it's really starting out right there at like a nine out of 10 for me. I, I, I really love it. Yeah, the the composer, it's a female composer. I don't know her name, but did you guys see the videos of her throwing eggs at Simon Cowell on American Idol? Yeah, I saw that she was, it was like she's from Brit, Britain's Got Talent, and then I guess that happened. I saw the egg scene as well, and I kind of dived into her background, but she really hasn't done anything that gigantic yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm also, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm also going to give this a Tupperware. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and it, I'm giving it a Tupperware because of, you know Hiddleston's performance in this one. It was just awesome spending time with a character that we probably spent the most time with throughout the movies, and then catching up with this character. You know, in this in this timeline, I loved being back with this character. Um, he did great, and he had to like kind of like go back to that old Loki. You know, he's evolved. I mean, these actors they take these roles super seriously, and like he had to go back to 2012 Loki and play that character again. And I think he did a fuck. It's like it's like uh, riding a bike, man. He just fucking did it so well. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and you're I, right. Totally different than Ragnarok. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I think that this. I think that there are a lot of questions that are still kind of like unanswered with this, like because I don't. I I think that. You know, if, if we're, if we got a show here, uh, that the star of it is Loki, you know, the god of, of, of mischief, you know, you know, we got a guy who's known for tricks and illusions. I think that there are, I think that this show is going to be full of them. And I don't think that what we think is going on is like what's actually going on. And, um, we'll break it down. I've got, I've got actually, you know, I, I talked to Jake and, and, and mad about some theories on, on on Facebook Messenger and stuff like that, but I've got other theories. I, I I've and so I I want to I want to I want to talk about a lot of these things that happened in this episode. Where I think it could go, like <laughs> let's we'll jump into this one. It's titled "Glorious Purpose," and we we get the scene we're in we're in the the Gobi Desert and the TVA show up and and we've got. Uh, We've got the actor Wonmi Masako, <clears throat> Wonmi Masako, and she's playing B fifteen. She's a hunter. So you've got hunters, and they have Minutemen, and they are the ones that uh, that that are hunting Loki. They're trying to bring him into the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. And I noticed when 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 they show up, they've got those batons, and. If you notice the baton that B-15 is using, the tip of it, it was purple. And then the there's like three other guards that are behind her. And all their batons, the, the tips of them are orange. And so when she hits him with the, with the purple baton, it 
like stuns him and he slows down to one sixteenth speed, but he feels all the pain of the blow in real time. And there's a scene later in the in the same episode where B fifteen is going to strike Loki with the baton and it's orange and it ends up hitting um that one guy's like cart Casey's cart and it disintegrates. So there's a setting on those. You can set those batons to either that stun, that slow down stun, or you can set it to like disintegrate. And I thought that that was a really cool touch there that they kind of threw in. Is that the same thing that they use in the line with the ticket? Yeah. Is that like set on kill as well? There? Yeah, that was on orange and that's what disintegrates. Yeah, so yeah, the TBA. Really cool. Yeah. I loved the scene when it's on purple and he gets stunned. It, it was like some real Christopher Nolan shit, but like with a sense of humor. I The sound work was just dead on. Like the noise his lips make when it comes back to full speed sounds like the end of that balloon losing air. It's like that final... I just love the sound work. The sound work. I watched it a second time and I was really laughing just purely at the Foley work. Yeah. Agreed. So... We get to the TVA's headquarters. We've got Judge Ravana Renslayer, and uh, she she's accuses Loki of crimes against the sacred timeline. And then we find out what the sacred timeline is, and we watch this cartoon of Miss Minutes, who's voiced by Tara Strong. You know the voice of uh, of uh, Harley Quinn, uh, and uh, the whole thing is basically just kind of like a. Uh, a love letter to Jurassic Park's Mr. DNA, even down to like the, the southern twang that the Miss Minutes uses, you know, sounds just like Mr. DNA. And it goes through like this whole, um, story about the sacred timeline and talks about how long ago a large war was waged between numerous universes and it was known as the multiversal war. Um, each universe battled against one another to ensure that their timeline of events reigned supreme. So there was going to be one dominant timeline that was going to like basically dictate everything. The rest of the timelines would then, I guess, I don't know, be erased or defeated. I mean, they were all just war- waging war on one another. And so the conflict was so fierce that it almost resulted in the destruction of everyone and everything. And then, then we've got the emergence of the timekeepers. They put a stop to the multiversal war. They reorganize all the timelines into one single timeline now called the sacred timeline. The timekeepers brought peace to the cosmos. And so, um, the timekeepers then created the TVA a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and helps protect the sacred timeline by eliminating any branching timelines created by time variants. So they use a time reset charge, and then the nexus event is scrubbed, and the predetermined path that the timekeeper set is now back on track. We sa- we find out in this episode, you know, Loki kind of like says like, you know, like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, none of this would have happened if the Avengers didn't go back in time first and disrupt the flow of time. And they say that that was supposed to happen. But Loki stealing the Tesseract was not supposed to happen. So I guess, you know, uh, the Avengers going back in time, that was supposed to happen. Thanos from 2014 going forward in time was supposed to happen but it's loki with the tesseract that was not supposed to happen 
that's not yeah. cool. That really rubbed me the wrong way. There, I mean, there's all kinds of examples, like Gamora, you know, getting to stay into the future, the stuff with Steve Rogers. It's like, I don't know. This is when the whole thing kind of made me go, this is a little bit bullshit sounding. Yeah, I, I spent most of that, I stopped that scene and thought for a while to myself, and I was like, so is it any disruption of the timeline or just the ones that they deem? And how do you know if your interference with the timeline is not authorized if you don't know the TVA, like, exists? Like, it just seemed like they were picking and choosing to me. Those people, you, whoever created the story. That that was confusing to me. I wasn't entirely sure what that meant, because I assumed what the, Avenger did with the, what the Avengers did with the Infinity Stones would automatically have disrupted the timeline by... Because they were going back in time. Or am I missing? No, you're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. I don't think that it's a a plot hole in the story. I think all these things are going to be addressed by the time we get through all six episodes. It's all happening for a reason, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I I, I believe so. 100%. One thing I think that they that I wasn't expecting from this series is they've managed to make what we now know that ended in like Thanos's like defeat not not that it doesn't matter but it makes it feel so small now that we know that the TVA exists and there's like this whole timeline when the guy op- I hope I'm not jumping ahead but when the guy opened his drawer and like he was talking about people using infinity stones as paperweights mm-hmm. like like I just realized that there's such a they've created all like just by nature of this first episode. I mean, like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, we now know that these characters do things outside of their work with the Avengers. But what Loki, this first episode, was able to do was create a universe that kind of dwarfs everything we already know um, and makes this universe and what is about to happen or the consequences of what may happen so much larger. Because what the Avengers just did. It, you know, it's just kind of like a blip in a timeline or a, a blip in, in in the sequence of events that may not really even matter. I do think that they matter. I think that this whole fucking, you know, predetermined timekeeper thing is. I, I and I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to open it up later, but I think it's all bullshit. The video just reeked of bullshit. It was. It's it's a propaganda commercial and it's. The, at the end of the commercial, it shows their logo, their slogan for Time Always, and under that it says, Time Variance Authority Narrative Commission. Like, this is the story that they've written about their great heroes, the timekeepers, the all-knowing timekeepers. And so, I, I feel like, like they're pulling the wool over the people, people's eyes that work at the TVA, it's kind of like, it reminds me of like the Wizard of Oz, like the great Wizard of Oz. And like, you know, he's this, you know, this, you see like this grand, you know, castle and the Emerald City and all this shit, but it's really just a guy who's, you a know, little man behind the curtain. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, that's what I think is going on here. I, th- I, I, I think that, that the re, there is a reason why Loki was, was pulled out of, you know, the Gobby Desert and brought into the TVA. Um, and I think that there are reasons why the Avengers and Thanos weren't called to the, you know, before the, before Judge Renslayer. A hundred percent. And I think, and we'll, we'll dive into those reasons here. Um, Jake, what, you got any thoughts on any of this? I don't know if you kind of like, what did you think about the video? Did you, did it, 
did you, did you just kind of take it for were you sold on it? Did you take it as its word, or you were just kind of like ah this sounds this sounds like bullshit? No, I I thought I kind of thought it was mostly bullshit. Like I just it didn't really like hold any weight for me. Like and I agree with you. Like the the final slogan has like a real ominous ring to it. Um, yeah, like that's the one difference from it and the Jurassic Park movie where that is kind of a you know not ex- the exact science that they use but close enough you know they're just trying to dumb it down so everyone understands how they made the dinosaurs very quickly but yeah this felt like it was serving a purpose and i i, I just there has to be some ulterior motive to what makes you decide what the sacred timeline is like who really can make that decision and on which is the right flow of time right like it seems like a very selfish thing to do to decide that you need to be reset because you're not doing the sacred timeline thing but you're okay moving around the timeline and, and causing disruptions. Like I knew there had to be more to what was going on than what they were telling us. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way. Brian, do you think, no, go ahead. Me, sorry. Go ahead. Do you think the people at the TVA, if you like, if based on your theory, do you think the people at the TVA are aware? I think that there are definitely two people that are aware of what's going on. Okay. I think Mobius knows what's going on, and I think that Renslayer m- might also know a little bit of what's going on, but not the whole story. I, I kind of lean the other way on that. I kind of think Mobius may may be being fooled by people and taken advantage of, and that Renslayer does know more. Okay, okay, that's interesting. What makes you feel like that way? Because I've I've got my thoughts on why I think Mobius knows a lot more than he's letting on. I don't know. I just feel like Mobius just seems like he really cares about people's emotions, even though he's doing this thing that you're supposed to be doing without emotion. And, and I think that could be to easily, like, you could easily puppet master someone like that and take advantage of the way they feel. Like, I don't know. I think he is going to feel sorry for what he's doing once he finds out the reason he's doing it. Hmm. I feel, I feel like that's going to be a sympathetic character moving forward. I don't. I think he's going to be more sinister. Yeah, I could see it going either way, but that that's just my my gut feeling so far, is that he's unaware. Matt, where do you lean? Mobius. Um, Jury's out. I, I, really, I really can't read him. He could go either way. Um, I think pussy. Well, no, I'm not being a fucking pussy. <laughs> I think I think he's way. Well, he could do because you've you know all you've seen of him so far, you've not seen anything nefarious, and of any of them really. But it's I think it's how you interpret he, it. It's how you interpret yeah, things. Exactly. Though. Yeah, he seems to be a fan of Loki. He seems to actually give a fuck. And he wants to try and help, so I, I kind of think he is going to be a good guy. But we'll see. Interesting, man. I, I really want to dive into the my theory that I'm leaning towards, but I, you know, I'm going to pull back on that one, man. I've got a couple theories that I want to throw out there, but I'm going to pull back on those. We're going to unpack this one a little bit more. I do want to talk about. Um, kind of like variants and and uh, some of the things that they brought up when it comes to like the sacred timeline they loki stealing the tesseract in 2012 and, and escaping he branched off and uh, from the sacred timeline and what he did was he created a next what's called a nexus event and that made loki this loki a variant 
and they address him as a variant when they first see him. And the multiverse wars, you know, they were they were fixed by the timekeepers into one flow of time. But the episode tells us that if future Nexus events took place, it could lead into another multiversal war, which would then lead into madness, which we're all thinking about Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness when they say that. Um, first off, I do want to mention that this is not the first time that we've heard uh, mention of Nexus in the MCU. If you remember, in WandaVision, there was a commercial for a drug called Nexus, and I'd actually like to play that commercial right now. And maybe you guys can help me kind of like figure out what's going on here, because I don't know if this changes what we learned about Wanda and WandaVision, or if we still believe what we all kind of like concluded with Wanda at the end of WandaVision. Let me play the commercial. Feeling depressed? Like the world goes on without you? Do you just want to be left alone? Ask your doctor about Nexus. A unique antidepressant that works to anchor you back to your reality. Or the reality of your choice. Side effects include feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny, and possibly more depression. You should not take Nexus unless your doctor has cleared you to move on with your life. Nexus. Because the world doesn't revolve around you. Or does it? Okay, so... We... We thought that... And I, I'm not sure. Like, we thought that we had learned that Wanda was a Nexus being in that series. And she might be. There's a chance that she's not, though. I don't know. Um, what is a Nexus being? If Wanda is a Nexus being, she's a multiversal anchor who serves to protect us from threats outside our reality. As the ad says, Nexus works to either anchor you back to your reality or one of Wanda's choosing, like the Hex. So in the comics, we've we've got other characters that um, have kind of had like uh, Nexus being potential or actually been called Nexus beings. King the Conqueror, Franklin, Franklin Richards, uh, Jean Grey. And um, basically, Wanda has control over uh, a, a lot of different reality resets. She's not bound to any certain reality. And in, in, in the comics, she's also the prime Nexus being, which means that she's the only Wanda that exists, and she exists in that one in that one uh, universe. There's no other Wanda in in the multiverse. She, there's a prime Wanda. Are you guys still thinking that that that's the case? That Wanda's a Nexus being, and that that what that's what that commercial means, or do you think that that commercial is implying that we learned about Nexus events now? Do you think that they're they're going away from Nexus beings? Wanda is not a Nexus being, but Wanda is going to be the catalyst for the next Nexus event because um, maybe she creates a Nexus event when she travels through the multiverse looking for Tommy and Billy, you know, the twins, or when even when she created Westview. Um, we the events of WandaVision actually take place after the events of Loki. So we're watching stuff. All this stuff with Loki is actually taking place before the events of WandaVision. So... Yeah, because this is well, before even, like, Age of Ultron. 
but in theory it's not because the time moves differently in the TVA. So although Loki came from 2012, when he's in the TVA, he could be anywhere in time. So, he but it's during the events of during. It's during the events. But of, it doesn't it, matter. It's dur- hold on, hold on. Let me. It's during the events of Endgame. I'm just talking. It's during the events of Endgame when that happens, and the stuff that happens in Westview happens three weeks. I believe three weeks after the events, two to three weeks after the events of Endgame. So this picks up right after Endgame. So I'm not saying that it's taking place much further in the future. I'm just saying a matter of weeks. And I understand what you're saying, that time is different in the TVA. I get it. I don't think they can see both ends at, at once, though. I think the sacred timeline like that kind of implies that they're watching a flow. Like, I don't think they're watching the whole thing at the same time. You know, I think there is like a a present day that moves forward still, even for the TVA. But yeah, all that stuff gets kind of weird. Um, But back to the original question, I, I think Scarlet Witch thinks she's a Nexus being, but there may be more to it than she knows. I, I, I do think that like that commercial really implies like, if you think you're the one at the center of everything, I think there's a lot more going on that Scarlet Witch actually realizes. I think it's a little bit misleading to think that she's the only Nexus being or that she's like the complete center anchor. But she's very important. I got, you got to think that she's going to be super important in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, yeah, I agree, but I'm not so sure it, she's going to be the one that's going to save everything so much as mess everything up. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that she might be the one. Yeah, she might be the catalyst for setting things off all these different Nexus events by just jumping through all these different multiverses looking for the twins. It might just the TVA might be who knows what's going to happen to the end of the TVA, uh, what's going to happen to the TVA by the end of Loki. That whole department could just be fucking in shambles by the end of this fucking series. We don't know. And then like. This leads us off into all these different multiverses opening up uh, because Wanda ha- is, you know, she's gone full Liam Neeson looking for her kids. <laughs> I think the TVA will be completely disbanded by the end of this, honestly. Uh, I do. I, mean, I, I do. Some of that will be Loki, Loki's doing. Some of it will just be it just kind of falling apart from the inside. I think it's going to be Loki's doing, and then I think after that, it's going to fall apart from the inside, 100%. That's what I think, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into all that. Um, we meet Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, and uh, he's in uh, 1549 France, where a variant has killed a group of uh, TVA Minutemen and their hunter and taken their reset charge. He says that... He's told, no, this is the sixth time that th- this is the sixth murder that's happened. So whoever's doing this already has six other reset charges by this point. And then the variant gave this gum, this kablooey gum to this kid. Um, so what the, what the variant does is he'll, he'll take an item from the future that gets the attention of the TVA. He'll leave it in the past and then the TVA comes to investigate and then he kills them and uh, he or she kills them and then takes the the reset charge and so um, you know the kid is asked by Mobius who gave it to you and the kid points to the stained glass art of the devil it's not Mephisto 
It's it's as we find out later, <laughs> as we find out later in the episode, it is a uh, we we've known. I, lo- I, I just feel they put that in there just to troll you. They a hundred percent just to troll Brian. They were just like fuck this Brian from PCL. We're gonna. <laughs> he we're, thinks it's Mephisto. Let's give him fucking Mephisto. <laughs> oh, you fucking <laughs> fucking Feige man. Um, we know Loki's been known to wear those horns, and so it's 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 a variant of Loki, and it's that's revealed at the at the end of the episode. I think I I personally think it's uh, we know that Sophia DiMartino has been cast in the series. They they have not revealed who she's going to be. I think it's a female Loki. Um, I also here's a little bit of my theory. I think that there are more than two Lokis. In this series, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see it. I think there's more than two, and I'll get into that later. Um, but anyway, there's it's 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 a female version of Loki. I think I think it's Sophia DiMartino at the at the end of the episode. We'll find out. I, we'll we'll find out who she's playing. She could be playing somebody completely different, but I do think that we're going to find out it's a female Loki. Um, which also, Jake, this kind of, if it is female Loki, I had, remember the theory that I had, um, months ago, I'll get into it. The Lady Loki in the comics was a, was a, was a post Ragnarok female body that was made for a reincarnated soul of Lady Sif, but instead was possessed by the soul of Loki. And I, think my my theory was i thought that the mcu might be doing this kind of like in a different way i said in a past episode that i think that we know jamie alexander is going to be in thor love and thunder and i think that lady sif did actually die off screen in ragnarok um She's coming back in Thor Love and Thunder. I think that Lady Loki will be tricking Thor and and Valkyrie and everybody else that she's Lady Sif. I think that that's what we're going to see in Thor Love and Thunder. That's just my that's my theory. I don't I think I think I think Lady Sif actually died. The real one died. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they definitely leave it open for interpretation with that ship blowing up. And uh, it's hard to imagine going through an entire Thor movie without just a smidgen of Loki in one form or another. And I think they, I think they know that people are gonna maybe really like Sofia DiMartino as female Loki. If that is the case, they would have a good idea. I think they've been pretty dead on with like their casting. They, they I think they realize. I think they know what people are gonna like and not like. And I think that if people do get attached to this female Loki. Who I think right now we're viewing, you know, the the show is making us feel like, oh, that shadowy figure with the hood, that's the bad guy. Honestly, I think the TVA is the bad guy. I think the TVA is the bad guy in this whole thing. And I think that whatever this Loki is doing is trying to unravel all this TVA bullshit. And I'm kind of pro-hooded figure at the end, this this variant Loki. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm rooting for the, I'm kind of rooting for this murderous Loki. 
<laughs> yeah. Have you, um, if you Google Sophia DiMartino, there's tons of pictures of her side by side with Hiddleston. Like, obviously, a lot of people are right there on that same page. But I mean, there are like things in their facial structure that are, that are very similar. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. I mean, I know you've seen the on-set, like, leaked photos. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't really confirm that she's Lady Loki, but it sure does look like she's as guardian in nature in some form or another. And it's like, at that point, who else could she be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Well, who knows? I mean, we all thought that... Uh, not we all. There was a lot of people that thought that they were, you know, the engineer from WandaVision was going to be Reed Richards and all this other bullshit, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and as far as the TVA goes, like, I, I agree with you that I, I think they're the bad guys. Uh, where I differ with you, though, is I, I think they're unknowingly the bad guys. I think the person really pulling the strings knows he's a bad guy, but I uh, think everyone else is being kind of hoodwinked. Oh, okay. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think, like, the I'm saying, like, the TVA... The organization, what they're doing is the villainous shit, unbeknownst to them. But yes, yeah, we, that's that's how I would put it as well, Jake. I yeah, agree okay. with that. Yeah. Um, Loki is brought to trial before Ravana Renslayer, who's played by Gugu Mabatha-Raw. I got a question for you. Guys, would you watch a variety show hosted by Gugu Mabatha-Raw and Lady Gaga titled Gugu Gaga? <laughs> I, I would definitely watch the first episode. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Ravana Renslayer. I've been man. I've been holding on to that joke for a while, Jake. That one it was good. It was good. It was worth keeping. That one had dust on it, dude. Uh, in the comics, uh, Ravana Renslayer, she's kind of been like the the love interest for Kang the Conqueror. So you know, there has been speculation that he might show up. Uh, in this series or be mentioned in this series before we actually uh, see Jonathan Majors playing him in Ant-Man Quantumania. So there is a connection between the characters there. She kind of like, he's like obsessed with her and has to try to like win her over. She kind of like refutes his love in the comics and stuff. Um, and um, this is the part where Loki believes that the TVA should suspect the Avengers uh, as they went back in time they caused him to end up in this situation that it's not his fault. Like if they, they, they were doing this shit first. Um, Renslayer said that this is all supposed to happen. Loki's escape was not supposed to happen. And then, uh, agent Mobius takes Loki to the time theater and they look at Loki's past misdeeds and, and they, they show the DB Cooper thing. I love the DB Cooper. Uh, you know, Jake, I'm a huge fan of DB Cooper in general, that DB Cooper lore and, I fucking love this. I thought it was really well done. And it was all a bet that he lost with Thor. Yeah, I loved it too. I, I wouldn't have understood this this reference without PCL and being on it and hearing you talk about these stories. So, yeah, I really appreciate that seeing this first episode. What did, Matt, did you enjoy the D.B. Cooper stuff? Oh, I loved it. So good. Absolutely loved it. Very good. Uh, Stephanie, did you like it? I did like it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Okay, very cool. Yeah, everybody's everybody's on board with D.B. Cooper. Yeah, D.B. Cooper part. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Loki, Loki eventually steals the um, the TVA tech tech that uh, that Mobius was using to kind of control him. And uh, what was it called? A time twister. I think that's correct. Yeah, and. Uh, 
then goes after the Infinity Stones and finds out that they're paperweights. So basically, other variants have gotten a hold of Infinity Stones in the past. The TVA has... This is my understanding of it. So other variants have gotten Infinity Stones. The TVA shows up, apprehends them, takes them with their Infinity Stone, just like they did with Loki. Then they do a time reset. They they use one of those reset charges. It resets, and when it resets, it leaves an, an Infinity Stone in that time. But the Infinity Stone that's with the person when they go back to the TVA is basically kind of just like a useless carbon copy or once it's in the TVA because you can't use magic there. That was my understanding of everything. Because Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, the stones, obviously, you can use to manipulate time and easily become a variant. Um, so that's why, you know, they have a lot of them, and that's why variants more often than not have a stone. Um, I think it's open to interpretation why they don't have power. Um, in the comics, it's simply each stone only works in its Earth. Like the Earth 616 Infinity Stones only work in Earth 616. Right. Yeah, they've taken like, to other um, realities, and they just don't work. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, I don't think that's what's going on in the TVA, but if it was comic logic, that would be just the reason why they don't work there. But we don't know where the TVA is. No, correct, correct. I, like I said, I, I don't think that is what's going on, but if it was the comic book science, that that would explain it. I, I, have, a, I have a follow-up question, if somebody could help me with it. When you just said, we don't know where the TVA is, when... Um, Morbius was showing Loki like this is home and they're looking out the window I'm using air quotes window were they still inside or was that outside does that make sense uh, oh when you, when they're looking at like the the city that's within the TVA yeah do you think is that is the TVA a city or is the like I was wondering if that if that was like a universe they were looking at, like that's like a, an area, or if the TVA was just the building they're in. I, th- I mean, I, as far as you could see, it just looked like a city. I don't know what's past all that. Okay, I know that's probably I, not an important question, but well, I'll I'll I phone with you a second. I mean, I don't know, and unless it, when, it, you guys, it kind of looked like it was in a cavern or some sort of a uh, sort of sealed area. It did. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know I. I guess I didn't look at it. Or in some sort of do- dome. Yeah. Um, Loki then uh, goes back to the time theater on his own and then he watches, you know, uh, Odin die. He watches his, you know, um, uh, Frigga, uh, his mother and, and Odin, and uh, then he sees his own death. And when he is watching himself die, he sees himself getting choked, and the Loki on screen says, you will never be a god. And when you're watching it in Endgame, he's saying it to Thanos, but watching it here, it's almost like that Loki on screen is telling the Loki that we're following in the story that you will never be a god. And it's almost like, dude, give it up. And I thought that totally. that was kind of like a cool, kind of like double, double meaning here. 
Yeah, and I think Loki himself took it that way. I think the character felt that meaning as well. Like him seeing the scope of what was going on and what people, you know, like these timekeepers have control of really kind of made him feel a little bit more insignificant than he'd ever had felt before. And I think it really hit home to him, too. I, I think that wasn't just something that the audience picked up on, but it was something the character picked up on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed to a little bit take the wind from his sails. So it's almost like a self, self-realization narrated by himself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's cool. Didn't think of that. Yeah, totally. I loved all this, him watching the tape stuff. Not just his final fate, but, like, the joy on his face on the moment where him and Thor have their hug that we never actually saw on screen. Yeah. Um, the, the delight on his face to the stuff with his father, Odin, like, recognizing him as one of his true sons. And just, like, all that stuff. Like, it really endeared myself to the character in a way that I'd never been yet, just other than thinking he was just a really cool character. You know, I never really emotionally had stakes in the character until that scene. Well, and, and, and then he also comes to the realization, well, he, he admits, he's like, I don't enjoy hurting people. It's all part of the illusion. And, you know, that was, that was a really cool moment. It feels like this 2012 Loki is like learning all these lessons that it took the other Loki, like nearly a decade to learn in such a short period of time. Do you think that was genuine or do you think he was still like, playing it up when he I, did that. I was wondering if that was genuine or if he was he was running a game on Morbius. I bought it. Okay. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it, he, he seemed very deflated. I think I think that was genuine. I think the only thing that... I think one of the only thing that's, things that's kind of genuine right now is the god of mischief right now. I think a lot of stuff is fucking people pulling the wool over this Loki's eyes right now. Because, like, when he first gets there, he says, it's all, like, tricks and illusions, the TVA. This is all tricks and illusions. And I think he was onto something there. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. I I want to knock out a few more things here that I thought were really cool in the episode. Um, what is that noise? Oh, I think somebody's air kicked on. Oh. I've got a fan on. But. That's it's definitely the fan. Uh let's see here. Eugene Cordero, the actor who plays Casey, um he's the guy that Loki says he's gonna gut like a fish and he doesn't know what a fish is. <laughs> there, he's got he's got these two pens in his in his front pocket on his button up shirt, and when you when you first see him, um they start the leak at the bottom of the pocket, and then with each scene that they show him in, the leak gets bigger and bigger. And I thought that that was pretty funny. And um, there's a scroll in the TVA wearing a tracksuit. And I told Jake, I was like, well, maybe maybe one of the tracksuit mafia in the Hawkeye series is is a scroll. But uh, that's, a, that's a stretch, Jake. I don't know about that. <laughs> but we know that the tracksuit mafia is confirmed to be in the Hawkeye series. Yeah, and, and, and I do think scrolls are going to be, you know, we we know Secret Invasion is coming up mm-hmm. and, you know, a second Captain Marvel movie. Um, I think scrolls are going to have some kind of an impact and, like, big things going on moving forward. I do, too. But, like, if you see the leaked photos of the tracksuit mafia, the tracksuits they're wearing are red. They're not blue, like the one we saw. So, and then what do you, what, what do you guys make of this? For those of you that saw this in the episode, what do you make of the Peggy Carter like there's that one scene in the TVA where they're bringing out a woman and in the background she looks like Peggy Carter. Jake, is that Peggy Carter? Did they instead did they is Peggy Carter a variant that they've brought in? 
Yeah, uh, very potentially. Um, I, I don't think it's the like I've seen people really running wild with this and like saying this is the TVA putting a stop to what Steve Rogers' ultimate plan was to go back and be married to Peggy and all that stuff. I, I don't think it's going that far. I, I think it's just a little bit of a nod and a wink to um, like Peggy Carter, you know, being involved in some potentially like off the radar storylines. Like it's not the sacred timeline peggy carter well we know that we're getting the what if story what if peggy carter took the you know super soldier serum and became captain britain i was just thinking that it was kind of like a a wink at that like yeah it's a what if episode and it would have been a what if but the tva stopped it from happening so you're still gonna get the story <laughs> the other the other theory I heard, which I liked, was that this is kind of Kevin Feige's little nod at to 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 retcon the um, other Marvel TV properties that didn't work out, so Agents of Shield and Peggy Carter. So that's taking away the the Peggy Carter oh. TV series. Yeah, variant is gone because <laughs> we did yeah, learn Agent Coulson and like fucking reset that motherfucker. Yeah, 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 exactly. So well, I, yeah, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of that because. They, you know, get rid of uh, the Daredevil and, and Jessica Jones so they can they can then bring them back in properly. I kind of like the idea. Yeah, yeah, because we we did get Agent Coulson in this. We got the flashback, and like Mobius never talked about him coming back to life. He just talked about how like that fueled the Avengers to go on and it and work together to defeat you know. The Chitari. Yeah, you would have thought that if he was really trying to break Loki at that point, he would have shown him that Coulson was still alive and it yeah. just deflated him that much more. But I don't think <laughs> anybody wanted to see any flashbacks from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize. I'll, I'll apologize. I know there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans out there. I was not one of them. And I tried. I got through most of season two and I, I just had to step out. And no, I didn't watch the Ghost Rider stuff. So don't send me an yeah. email. Did you watch the Ghost Rider? I'm sure it's amazing. I just did not watch it. I'm not worried about offending those <laughs> 17 morons. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more than 17, Jake. I, that, I know. I know. Let's, uh, let's round up to 20. Uh, <laughs> now I want to go. I want to hear what your guys' theories are, and maybe you can help expound upon mine, but I've got... I want to talk about theories. I have two. The first one is, I think, the least likely. And the second one is what I think is really going to happen in this series. Uh, some of the, some of these, some of the things in these theories play out in both of them. So, but my, my first, my first theory is that there are not three timekeepers at all. That this is a hundred percent a lie. And that, that propaganda video is just all, that, that video is just 100% bullshit. There's only one person behind all this. It's Kang the Conqueror. Uh, most everything in the video that we saw, I think, is just bullshit. And everybody in the TVA is working for Kang the Conqueror. And, um, you know, all the stuff about the Avengers and Endgame and them, you know, time traveling was predetermined by the timekeepers and there's no free will. I think that that's all bullshit. Um, Whoever is behind, you know, all of this probably either wanted Thanos defeated or didn't want to attract the attention of the Avengers. So they probably wanted maybe Thanos out of the way so they could gain more power or they just didn't want to, you know, disrupt anything with the Avengers because those guys get shit done. And, um, I mean, think about it. Like you've got Thanos using, you know, all the stones, reversing time. You've got Doctor Strange reversing time. 
I, I would think that those would be violations. I would think that Captain America, you know, going back um, in time to live out his life with Peggy would make him a variant. Now, you know, who, who is it? Uh, the writer, is it Christopher Marcus, said that he went back in, in, in that one particular time so he didn't disrupt anything. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I think that the timekeepers don't, No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say that I don't think that the timekeepers see Loki as a threat, but I actually do. In in the theory that I the theory that I hold near and dear to my heart, I think that they think that Lo- I think they think Loki is a huge threat. So in the episode I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this one together because this is the one that I'm not really a hundred percent sold on. This is the one I told you guys about that I'm not a hundred percent sold on. Um, we get Gugu Mbatha Raw in the episode. She plays Renslayer. She's connected to Kang in the comics. And so I was thinking, you know, okay, with, with Renslayer being in this, there's a connection to Kang. You know, maybe maybe Kang's not far behind if Renslayer's here. And then I was like, okay, why why don't the Infinity Stones and and magic and stuff like that work in in the TVA? And then I was like, okay, well if Kang's involved, we know that Kang's going to be in Quantum Mania. What if the TVA is located in the quantum realm? And you know, more proof here. Possibly it's not a hundred percent, but like. Scott Lang, when he went to the quantum realm and the snap happened, he was not involved in the snap. So maybe the, maybe the quantum realm is like, you know, exempt from the powers of the infinity stone. And maybe that's why these stones don't work in the TVA because the TVA is located within the quantum realm. And, you know, we saw the, uh, what those shots, uh, from Ant-Man, what looked like a little miniature city. You know, you remember those, sh- those, those screenshots, Jake? Mm-hmm. What looked like a mini city in, in Ant-Man. Maybe that was the TVA. Maybe that was the TVA. And then there's this whole, like, in order to get to the quantum realm, you have to, it's by use of two things. You have to either use a sling ring, a magic sling ring, which, which, um, I'm sorry, my cat's on my fucking table and I'm trying to keep his <laughs> ass from hitting the microphone. You have to use a, either a, a magic sling ring or uh, you have to uh, use PIM particles. And when you're watching the episode, the TVA, the gateway that they use to get to Earth, is the same color. It looks almost like the same color orange that you see used by the sling rings. So I was like, maybe is that kind of like a, kind of like a, uh, they've kind of like, they're using like their own version of a sling ring here in order to, the TVA is actually using you know, kind of like a their modified sling ring to get to the to the past Earth here from the quantum realm, and um, so like basically in this theory, you know, before Hank Pym found his way into the quantum realm, somehow Kang got there and became like the the ruler uh, in the quantum realm, created the TVA and is and is dictating time and makes up this whole story that uh, about the timekeepers and and this one. Uh, one sacred timeline and it's all, it's all Kang. And then if the TVA crumbles 
and all these nexus events start happening and we get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and all this stuff happening in Spider-Man No Way Home. All these different characters coming from all these different universes that could possibly lead to Secret Wars. Not the Secret Wars from the 80s, but the the one from the 2015 series. That's where the all Hickman these books. Yeah, the basically in that version different realities were going to war and multiple versions of the same characters are fighting against each other. And that was the 2015 Secret Wars. And that could lead to, you know, Deadpool and the X-Men showing up or, and it also would probably, it would lead to, you know, Doc Ock and Electro and, and Green Goblin, you know, showing up from the, the Sony side of, of Marvel. So that was my theory that it's, that it's Kang. And at first I was like, yeah, man, I think that that's it. And, and now, now I've kind of stepped back from that one. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, I like the It's Kang theory quite a lot. Um, am I crazy in that the middle timekeeper in the animated video looks like Kang? Straight up looks like fucking Kang. It looks like Kang. Yeah. And, but, but see, now I'm thinking, dude, all this, everything fucking was pointing to Mephisto in the previous series, Jake. I think this is another Mephisto. I think Kang is the next Mephisto. Yeah, except unlike Mephisto, Kang is actually cast. Like, we know the actor that's going to play Kang. Yes. We know he's going to make an impact in Quantumania. Yes. Like, all this is official news. Yes. So it, it, it makes it easier to, to bite, even if it, it is bullshit again. It makes it easier to fucking bite the bobber again because there, there's so much more concrete evidence. Um, I've heard a lot of people also point at the gum as being a hint that it's Kang. Uh, that seems a little bit kind of BS to me. They're like, oh, the gum is blue and oh, Kang is on. blue. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> it must be Kang. Uh, I'm not buying into that. But I, I definitely did notice the um, animation and that looking like Kang. Even so much as looking like uh, jo- a Jonathan Major like animated version of Kang. I think that the, the gum, it's called Kablooey. I think it's that variant Loki just saying, I'm blowing your shit up. <laughs> That's what I think I it is. I agree with that. It's going kablooey on your bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I do. I really do like the, like, knowing that Kang is going to be involved in Quantum Mania. Um, I do like the theory that that's why the stones don't work. I mean, it's not just the stones, like, no magic, no powers, nothing works there, it seems. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. like, your, Loki's powers aren't even connected to the stones, and, and those can't be used either. So it just seems like if it is in the quantum zone, it's going to be a place where it just shuts down all powers, which um, could lead to some really interesting stuff in future Marvel Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I know, I know that. What did you? I, I know some of your thoughts on my theory, but like, I want to know, I want to know where you're kind of at now with it. So, I mean, I, I like the, the idea that the TVA is in the quantum realm. And to give a little bit of credence to that, if you, when you watch them come through the portals, um, there's kind of that little moment of, of rephasing, very similar to Ghost did in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So it might be that that's their, their sort of phasing back into into the, the proper flow of time. So that's that could could go with your theory of it being in the quantum realm. I still think, and this is my theory, is that the timekeepers or Kang or whoever is involved 
behind the scenes is actually not necessarily keeping time the way they want it, but they are guiding and shepherding time to the outcome they want. Uh-huh. So I don't think the yeah. I don't I'm, I as I said to you on Messenger I don't think the multiversal war has happened yet. I think that is to come, hmm. and I think Loki's what Loki is doing and what Loki has started by that one moment of of taking the Tesseract and, and disappearing off has started the branches to create the multiverse multiversal war, which we will get sort of down the line. I think Doctor Strange is going to concentrate on it, obviously, and there's going to be lots of other stuff going on, but I think this is what's happening, and, and it's someone behind the scenes is trying to not let that happen, because obviously it's not going to go well for them. Okay. Yeah, no, I, the, some of what you're saying actually leads into my second theory, but my second theory, which I'm going to go over now, this is the one that I'm putting... I'm, I'm like, I'm putting, you know, all my chips on this one. I, I, you know, everything, all my cards on the table, everything. I'm all in on this one. I think that, I think the multiversal war had started. We know that the multiversal war, one multiverse would win to find out who was going to be the dominant multiverse. I think that when this started, there was a, there was a version of Loki that was involved in that war and realized that there, his multiverse was going to be destroyed. So what does the God of Mischief do? Goes into another time pocket and creates the TVA and tries to protect himself and dictate the flow of time does not want to see the multiversal war happen because that would there would be another that that would lead to this loki's destruction wants to stop that from happening and we know that um so i think that this is going to be an old loki the original og loki and i think they we know that richard e grant has been cast in this series we don't know who he's playing i think that richard e grant is playing old Loki. I don't think that there are three timekeepers as portrayed in the video. If, if there are three timekeepers, it's going to be this old Loki, Mobius, and Renslayer. That'll be like the version that we've got here, you know. But um, now we've got this other version of Loki running around trying to stop the older Loki. So we've got this variant Loki going around killing Minutemen killing hunters, grabbing all of these reset charges. And I think that that Loki is trying to stop the older Loki. It's a, it's a Loki from another multiverse that that Loki wants to, they don't want, they don't want their universe to die. They want to be the dominant one. So now we've got another Loki in the mix. So it's a battle of Loki versus Loki. And now the older Loki has recruited Tom Hiddleston's Loki to help catch this other Loki. I think this is going to lead to the end of the TVA and then look for Nexus events to start happening all over the place, starting with, uh, you know, with uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And, you know, either way, th- this all leads to a to a multiversal war that will be Avengers 5, which will be titled Secret Wars. And then I'm, gonna, I'm also going to add one more layer to this. I think it's going to be revealed that... 
if this is an older Loki, I think we've been watching him this entire time. I think that the older Loki will be wanting to be involved in all of this and, and tricking, you know, Tom Hiddleston's Loki. I think he gets his kicks off of fucking like tricking himself. Like this is like <laughs> the ultimate challenge. I think Mobius played by Owen Wilson is actually going to be revealed as Richard E. Grant's older Loki later in the season. I think that there's a scene that's really, you know, like I think he's just playing this nice guy and he's, and he's kind of like he, you know, he's trying to, like Matt said, like shepherd things in the timeline only that, that they want it the way to go. And he's trying to get this Loki to not want to be a god and rule and stuff like that because this Loki is already the ruler of the TVA doesn't want to see the destruction of the TVA basically just wants to catch this other fucking Loki and prune that Loki and then prune Tom Hiddleston's Loki and then be the, you know, the OG Loki still running the TVA and not worried about a multiversal war. There's this weird scene too, where uh, Loki's talking about like, you know, like the TVA and like what they approve and disapprove. They were talking about the DB Cooper thing. He's like, oh, so you guys, are, you guys don't disapprove of me doing the DB Cooper thing, but you and 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 then, he, and then Mobius says something. It's not about approval or disapproval. That's and he starts waving his hands and then he cuts himself off. And in the comics, the ones that approve and disapprove of anything going on are the Living Tribunal. And so maybe somehow this Loki has the approval of the Living Tribunal, which it was announced at San Diego Comic-Con a few years back that the writers for Endgame at one time were going to put the Living Tribunal in the movie, but they cut the scene. So I don't know if, you know, if that's going to play any part of it, but I do think that, that Owen Wilson is, is a Loki himself. I do think that, that Owen Wilson is a uh, Owen Wilson is a Loki himself, and tricking this Loki, and using this Loki to stop the other Loki, and then just get rid of both of them. I think it's more sinister things going on here at play. Yeah, I agree with that. So if it's an if it's the OG Loki in charge of everything, though, why wouldn't he just snip this Loki like in the butt, like right away? Like, why not just reset this Loki and be done with it? Uh, Tom Hiddleston Loki? Yes. Uh, I, I th- we're gonna find out that reason. I think that this Loki, for some reason, needs Tom Hiddleston's Loki. He needs his help. Both of them do. Like, hypothetically, if Owen Wilson's one Loki, yes. and if the person running the TVA is another Loki, then both those Lokis need Hiddleston Loki's help for in one way or another. Are you, talk, are you talking about the one that's trying to stop the TVA? I think that I think Loki is going to team up with that one eventually. Okay. The, the hooded murderer? I think that yes. Loki is going to... Yeah, I think Loki... I wasn't even talking about that one. Um, that one I hadn't even brought up yet. I, I mean, the Owen Wilson Loki and the older Loki that's running the TVA. They're the same they're person. They're the same okay. person. Okay. Yeah, I they're, they're, I think that Owen Wilson will eventually we'll see like when Loki changes into Captain America and you know like that illusion where he can like shapeshift 
Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see Owen Wilson shapeshift into older Loki. There's going to be a maybe a time where fucking Tom Hiddleston catches him in something and he he reveals himself okay. as the older Richard E. Grant Loki. And I that would make sense with the logo, like with the logo being all kinds of different Loki fonts that are constantly changing. Like that could thematically be symbolizing how many different Lokis that we're going to see. I'm just counting. Right now, I'm counting three. I don't know if we're going to see any more than that. But that's three is a lot. <laughs> sure, sure. And once you're at three, I mean, it's like why not six? Matt, twelve. Matt, are you st- are you are you wrapping your head around my theory or or what? It's a it's a whole other Loki's. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I, I I don't know. That's a bit of a mind fuck. I just. <sighs> Is that not a bit the same as they did in WandaVision? Hmm. Yeah, but in WandaVision, it's still the, like, it's not multiple Wandas. It's, it's no, 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 but it's still, it's still, we were, you know, you were led around the houses and then it was Wanda all along. You know, Wanda was doing it. It was all down to her. And we, is, are they going to try and, are they going to try and play the same card again? They're going to lead you all around the houses, and then it, it's Loki. But so the, at the end of it, 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 I don't know whether they try and do the same trick twice. Yeah, yeah, but here each Loki is a different entity. It's not like they're all working together. Like no, one that's Loki true. is going to be against what his other self is doing. Where in, in, in Wanda, it's still all the same person, just like basically yeah. repressing uh, her memories. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm just not sure they'll do that. I think they'll use this. Re- Lost Matt there. Did I lose everyone? No, I'm here. No, sorry, that was me. I pressed the wrong oh. button. Um, I, th- I, th- I think you're. I know what you're saying, but I think if they're going to use this as a catalyst to expand the MCU, I think they've got to they've got to expand it. They've got to think outside of the confinements of Loki, and you're going you're to have to get introduced to something else, the, the, whether it's the next big bad or the idea of the next big bad or something along those lines. I don't think they're going to keep it confined to, oh, look, we're going to follow Loki all the way through this and then find out it was Loki doing all this to himself. I don't think that's the end of this. I think it's the end of the TVA and the sacred timeline, and I think it opens up the multiverse at that point. The multi It says if they don't, if they can't continue to prune these things, like if the people find out that this propaganda video that they've basically, like this is like their religion, if they find out that it's just been run by, you know, this one trickster god this entire time that it's all bullshit that the TBA it's going to fall apart and at that point i mean the multiverse is just going to start branching off and they're not they're, no, nobody's pruning these different branches uh that are breaking off into these nexus events and that's what's yeah, going to that's that's what's going to lead us into doctor strange and the multiverse of madness that's what's going to be bringing in characters like doc ock and and electro from the garfield and from the toby mcguire spider-man all these different things we i mean yeah, there's no one policing the multiverse, then, is there, and, and keeping right. it in check? No, I suppose, yeah, maybe. I yeah. mean, I don't, I, I just, I, I, you know, at first I was like, man, yeah, it's all Kang. It's all Kang. It's the quantum realm. It makes sense. But, but I, I, there's a lot of questions that I have about this Mobius guy. And, um, you know, we know Richard E. Grant's in this, and we, we've already got another Loki. I think that, I think, I think it would be mind blowing at the end of this that we find out that the TVA who's trying to stop a Loki who is trying to you know 
recruit another Loki to stop that Loki is one Loki trying to trick two Lokis so that that Loki can be the dominant Loki and not be scrubbed out of existence. I know it sounds, I know it sounds crazy. It's a lot to put together and it reminds me of fucking Charlie and it's always sunny in Philadelphia putting all those fucking pins and, you know. (laughs) I know, I know it's a lot to wrap your head around. But but the people that write these stories are going to be able to present it in a more, in a cleaner and I think in a more, in in a less confusing way. Even though Endgame was signed, was at times confusing and, even though we're seriously confused about like why the TVA is just here's the thing why I think that the TVA sees why do they think Loki is what he did was like a crime against the sacred timeline because the Loki that's running the TVA can't have two Lokis running around but yeah. that but they can have Cap Captain America go back and live with Peggy that doesn't affect them at all but if there's two Lokis running around branching off into creating Nexus events, those Nexus events could lead into a multiversal war and that leads into madness and that madness leads into one dominant timeline and the rest of them not existing and that's what this Loki is afraid of and that's what this Loki is trying to contain. I like it a lot. I think another thing that gives a lot of weight to your theory, Brian, is like, let's say the reveal is it's Kang behind everything. I mean, that's going to land like a big wet fart in the same way that like revealing Thanos at the end of Avengers 1 did. Like for the general audience, that'll literally mean nothing. Right. Like it's not going to be a big ooh and ah moment for, you know, Johnny never picked up a comic book. But if they reveal that it's just another Loki behind it, that's going to hit home for the entire audience. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, so, I too. I think Kang needs a little bit more build-up as a somebody before we can drop him as a bomb, as this is the guy behind all of this, like, nefarious plotting. Because that's really not going to mean anything to anybody except the hardcore. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, even though it is another, it's another Loki behind everything, once the fucking TVA is basically, like not doing what they're supposed to be doing I'm oh my god that just opens up the multiverse guys that opens up the that opens up uh, Ryan Reynolds Deadpool coming into the universe doc uh you know Alfred Molina doc Ock. I mean all these things can start Kevin Feige can then start to pick and choose what he wants to take from the Fox universe you know what he, I mean it, it's it it does open up and it does expand I think a little bit more than the the two previous series Definitely more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. As, you know. For sure. And we, we know yeah. the Spider-Man stuff is going to have all this stuff going on. And it's not going to be just within the Sony-verse that all this like time-traveling, different reality Spider-Man stuff is going on. It has to be connected to the major going-ons in the, in the MCU. Right. So it totally makes yeah. sense that the seeds of that would start now. All right. I think I think I fried everyone's brain. <laughs> I was shutting up so someone else could talk, and, and I, I was waiting for someone else too. And I think I fried their brains. <laughs> I I'm going to ask a question. Please don't think it's stupid. No, not um, at all. With all this talk about the multiverse uh, and all these different timelines from that we just got just from this first episode, something that crossed my mind. I wanted to know if you guys thought it was possible, and you just mentioned it with Feige, so that's what made me ask the question. Do you think this may be how we're introduced to the X-Men? 
It could be, yeah. I mean, I, Jake, I know Jake's kind of... Are you still against that, Jake, with the, the X-Men coming in from a multiverse? Yeah, I, it just feels a little cheap to me to be like, oh, they've always existed. We just haven't seen them in this other reality. Like, I, I, I'm just not the biggest fan of that. Is it possible that that's the route they go? Yes. Do I find that route exciting? Not really. We do know that the Eternals are going to be going back to, like, ancient Egypt, and that could lead, lead to Ensabanur and, and Apocalypse and stuff like that. Yeah, I. but that's a, that's a little bit easier for me to swallow than just straight up, like, here's this other reality where all the X-Men are, and they've been this whole time living out all these histories and storylines, but now they can come over here. I know. That's, that's, a, that's an easy way. This is a cheap and easy way for them to be introduced in the universe. I, I, I understand completely. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how else they're going to get Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool into this yeah. universe. I, that's what I was thinking, because all of these characters, in theory, already exist. So, like, unless, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The, how else would we would we learn about them now in the MCU if we don't act like they've already just kind of been around, I guess? I feel like the way they bring Deadpool over and the way they introduce mutants are going to be two different things. Well, I mean, Deadpool's interacted with mutants in the Fox universe. I, I, it's just, you know, and I, I understand what you're saying, Jake. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be introducing Deadpool into this universe other than bringing him in through like a, a multiverse kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's obviously not going to be reborn into this world, but he's obviously getting dragged over or coming over in some form or another. But I feel like it's just going to be... It can, I, Yeah, it can be different. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's I agree. just going to be him coming from the Fox universe. I don't think he's bringing all of his baggage with him. No, and I mean, well, I mean, if he's coming over from his universe, I mean, Logan would, like, Hugh Jackman Logan exists in that universe, correct? Yes. Even though Colossus looks completely different. James McAvoy exists in that yeah, universe. That's, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, from yeah. the Fox X-Men universe. Yeah. 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 Coming I mean, to an extent, the Fantastic Four exists in that universe. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's true. All right, guys. That's all, that's all I got for Loki. Any final thoughts on, on the episode? Um, any, any predictions for episode two? Loki, um, Loki, and more Loki. Yeah, Loki, Loki, and more Loki. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to get that reveal. I wouldn't be surprised if we got the who the shadowy figure reveal is before we get the cold open of the title. Uh, I think it's going to be something that they're going to hand out right away. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I agree with the complaint that the first episode was a lot of exposition. Um, it did not really drag that episode down in any way for me. But that being said, now that it's all kind of been laid out on the table. I expect the whole thing to be pretty gangbusters for the next two or three episodes until we kind of have to stomp down on some more exposition to find out what's really going on. Yeah, I'm looking. For, oh, God. Wednesdays, man. Wednesdays. Wednesdays, the new Friday, Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wednesdays always been a big one. I, I think they know fr even on cable TV back in the day, Friday's always kind of the death day. Like, those shows were getting big play because they're huge shows and everyone wants to know what's going on as fast as possible. 
But, I mean, we've heard Loki got the biggest numbers out of every Marvel show. And I think that's because people are just more accessible on a Wednesday night than they are on a Friday night. Like, if you're making plans, you're making plans on a Friday night for the weekend. Uh, Wednesday night's fucking hump day where you're not doing shit but staying home and waiting for Thursday. So I think this is going to be a really smart ratings move, moving the Friday to Wednesday. Yeah, I don't I don't know if all the series are going to be like this, though. I, I would imagine that, you know, of course, Mandalorian's going to probably still keep its Friday slot, so... I forget who brought up this point, um, but it was a very smart point, and it was on this podcast, that one of the reasons they might have moved it to Wednesdays is because movies are going to be released on Thursdays and Fridays, and you need the, uh, the you don't want people to be staying home to watch the new episode of the thing instead of going to the box office to watch the new movie of the thing. Yeah, especially with Black Widow coming out, Eternals, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. With Star Wars, it's not as often as MCU movies so you can you're not really going to get in the way of anything keeping that on Fridays but I, I think it is a smarter move to move the Marvel shows to Wednesdays for the future uh, yeah if they don't if they don't if the series don't interfere with uh, with the movie release that makes sense to me right Yes, yeah, yeah. I was just shutting up again. I thought I talked a bunch again, and I thought someone else might want to talk. I feel like I feel like we've scared our guests, Jay. I know, I know. I'm afraid to ever shut up ever again. Now. I know. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just worried. That, I'm just worried that the only word out of my mouth will be Loki for a while. Matt, Matt hates the Loki theory. Matt I don't hate the Loki theory. That's not, that wasn't my takeaway either. No, I love the Loki theory. I'm just like. Mind melting. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, next week uh, when we talk about Loki, it'll be just be in the regular episode. We'll probably just do it probably at the top of the show, Jake. We'll probably talk about the Loki episode too. I don't know how much of a deep dive we'll do, but uh, yeah, I wanted to do a deep dive on the first episode because I think that uh, I think it was really important. And uh, you know what? What's crazy is Jake. All the theories that we came up with this week might just be totally negated by next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could all be negated within five minutes for all we know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. And uh, we'll see you uh, with the whatever the fuck. I don't know. We'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you when we see the shadowy figure as Kang. And we got to talk about everything oh. different. Yeah, it's, it's fucking Kang. It's all Kang. I, yeah, it's Mephisto. Mephisto. I knew yeah. it. God, do it. <laughs> fucking Mephisto. I got Jake back. I got Handy Greg back. We're here to talk about some manscaped. Guys, What's going on, guys? I man, I don't know. Dude, I got I just got clean shaven balls, Jake. That's all that's what's going on. Dude, me too, me too. Shiny as fuck too. Shiny at mine or shiny as fuck too. I named my left ball, I've renamed them. My left ball is Mr. Clean and my right one is Moby. You wouldn't believe these things. <laughs> they are shined the fuck up, Jake. And summer is coming. And are you guys ready to unveil your beach bot? I'm fucking strutting around naked right now. Yeah, man, I'm ready to fucking hit that beach again. That's the thing about me. Did you say hit that bitch again? Jake, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Jake, I, we're talking about, we're talking about summer bodies. I'm not talking about domestic violence. No, the beach, the beach. I, I've been able to do the other thing even with the quarantine, but I, <laughs> the beach, it's been a long time. Ah, hit the beach, hit the beach. Greg, are you ready to show off that beach bot? I am. I mean, that, that's the thing about, about man groomer. You know, I, I actually, ha it's like I have a new life now because I'm puke free. 
I mean, I've been carrying around quite a flock of cubes for a long time until I discovered Man Groomer. And I asked myself, why, why did I let my life go so long without having a, 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 a clean set of balls? And the reason why is because shaving my balls was never pleasurable until I discovered Man Groomer. It changed everything. It's changed everything. Manscaped has changed the game. You guys are in luck. Our friends at Manscaped, they just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 complement your dad bod or six pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and it's going to be shining on your balls. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code PCL20. Guys, are you ready for hot guy summer? Yeah, dude, I got one of those giant 80s boomboxes on my shoulder right now. I'm pumped for hot guy summer. Dude, for me, it's going to be Top Gun Volleyball. And you know what? If Uh. one of my balls, like, accidentally comes out of my short shorts, my John Stark shorts, I'm not going to be embarrassed because those things are going to be cleanly shaven. I'm on to you. You're going to be making it slip out on purpose. Uh, you know that's true. So get your fucking cameras out. Guys, we've all been watching. This is the, the, you know, we've all been watching this new Loki show where there are these timekeepers who protect the sacred timeline. Manscaped, they are like the ball keepers shaving your sacred pubic hairline. Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) Yeah, that's the best metaphor I've heard for it yet. Absolutely, absolutely. Manscaped, they are the all-knowing ball shavers of the world. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the new Performance 4.0 package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer is awesome, and it, it is the best ball trimmer out there. It's actually the only thing that I trust with my balls these days. I'm not going back to the old razor, the old Bic, the old Bic that's going to cut up your dick, as as we put it here, on, on as we say it on PCL. The, the, the fourth generation trimmer feature features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. That's something that Dom Toretto from Fast and Furious would be impressed by. If he looked under the hood of a fucking Manscaped trimmer and he saw that 7,000 RPMs, he's like, oh my god, I live my life a half a mile at a time and I can't wait to shave my balls a half an inch at a time, is what he would say, Jake. <laughs> yeah, no need for nitro canisters underneath the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Take your time. You don't have to worry about that. Take your time because you don't have to worry about the battery going out on you on a 4.0. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. 4,000K LED spotlight, Jake. Remember that movie with Antonio Banderas, the 33 of those coal miners? No, gold, they were gold miners, and they got stuck in that fucking cave in Chile. 
I famously don't remember this movie. Yeah, it's a real fucking movie. I'll tell you one thing. If they had the Manscaped 4.0, they would have been able to see each other and shave their balls. They still would have died, Jake, but they would have had shaven balls. I mean, that's way better. You're going to have that open casket funeral. I mean... I guess the underwear probably won't be off, but just in case, you don't you don't want hairy ass balls. Yeah, they, hey, some of those guys might have been members of a nudist colony. They might do things differently there, Jake. Yeah, no judgment. Yeah, no judgment. No judgment on my end. Uh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? That means Aquaman himself could shave his balls in Atlantis, Jake. Oh yeah, and the, the newer Aquamans, they have to have hairy balls. Like the Jason Momoa Aquamans of the world, there's no way they don't need a lawnmower 4.0. No shit, I bet he's got seahorse and other crustaceans all stuck up in that shit, man. With a 4.0, he's gonna set those fuckers free. I don't know what's more dangerous, Jake. Those fucking plastic rings that are around the soda bottles, or fucking Jason Momoa's pubes that probably killed more fucking sea life. You know what I mean? But with the 4.0, he's saving sea life creatures, Jake. These little sea horses can like go on free about their way yeah save the fucking turtles get yourself some manscaped (laughs) (laughs) want to take your grooming game even further to the next level the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up up top in your nose and ear greg Tell me about your experience with the Weed Whacker, the waterproof Weed Whacker that uses, hold on, hold on, 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. So when you start to get a little older, it's kind of like going through puberty a second time because hair starts just appearing in places where there wasn't hair before. So I was actually hanging out with my wife about, it's probably about eight, nine months ago, and she notices that she thinks there's like a a hair stuck to my ear, like a long white hair that just somehow got stuck to my ear, like maybe a, maybe a, a dog hair. That that hair was growing out of my ear. It was growing out of my ear. It was like a three inch long hair growing out of my ear. Hold on, every, a, a fucking long white hair was growing out of your ear. A single long white hair. I had a three-inch white hair growing out of the edge of my ear. I'm just sitting, relaxing with my wife, hanging out, having fun. I think there's like a dog hair stuck to my ear or something like that. My wife points it out. She tugs it a little bit. It's attached to my ear. It's on my ear. It's growing out of my ear. So ever since then, I've been diligent about shaving my ears. But if you fuck up shaving your ears, you think it's painful nicking your balls. And trust me, it is painful. When you cut your ear, your earlobe, because that skin is so tight, it does not feel good. You need a good ear shaver. And the, 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 the Weed Whacker is the best nose and ear trimmer I have ever had. It's actually got a much larger cylinder than I've seen. Um, it's, it's the only nose and ear hair trimmer I've ever used that doesn't pull the hair out. Again, trust me, that's not a good feeling. I'm actually revving it up right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? I do hear it. You know, one thing about the Weed Whacker, and it's a very small thing, but I really like how it's got the slightest curve to it. It really makes it feel natural. Because I've used other electric nose shavers, and it just feels like you're using your left hand if you're right-handed trying to write something. Just It's so straight up and down and rigid that it just does not feel natural. But the, the Weed Whacker has the slightest little curve where it just feels it glides right in there and scoops it around. And yeah, it's the best electric nose hair trimmer I've ever had, too. Jake, I Somebody. thought I personally thought that that curve was to make me not feel self-conscious about my dick leaning one way. So <laughs> it's good. To, <laughs> that is good to know. Uh, 
you know, you talked about like not cutting the ear and stuff like that. That's what's awesome about this fucking nose trimmer is the fact that the ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Super easy to clean, too. I mean, you just snap the top off. It comes with a nice little brush to scoop the hairs out. I mean, the whole process took less than 30 seconds. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations before heading outside. Use Crop Preserver, ball deodorant to keep on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Guys, this is an awesome package, and you can get it at manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping with the code PCL20 at manscaped.com. I'm telling you guys, I am just amazed at the quality of the trimmer. Everything that comes in this entire package is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, it's worth checking out the combo packs. You, you save some money on buying the stuff individually. And if you just get the lawnmower 4.0, chances are once you use it, you're going to be back looking for some of the accessories. So save yourself some money and time and just get that ultimate package right away. When you guys created this podcast, did you ever imagine you'd inspire people everywhere to exfoliate their balls? Yes. Yeah, it's been one of our mission statements since the first hundred episodes, I believe. Absolutely. Manscaped's making that possible. And they thought of everything. Summer is coming up. Guys, I never thought about putting deodorant on my fucking balls. And Manscaped did. Like, this is something that I'm going to be incorporating into, like, my daily routine from now on. I mean, it it just makes sense. This stuff, the products, these guys know what they're doing. Go to Manscaped.com. Use the code PCL20. 20% off free shipping, and you get everything in this entire package that we discussed today. It's awesome. Yeah, check it out, everybody. It's very, very nice stuff. We wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't. 